At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Okay, okay, okay. So, about six hours ago, I put out a post on the compressor that I tore down yesterday. It was in my truck. The compressor was vibrating. It cracked the discharge line. And it was sitting in my truck, and I'm like, hmm, I want to take the heads off of this thing just to see what happened. Or there's only one head, sorry. So I took the head off. I took the valve plate off, and I pulled the, the end cap off the compressor on the one side where the head was. And what I found was the dip tube that dips into the oil, basically it's a siphon tube for the oil. The oil gets extracted out of that tube and gets injected through the moving parts of the compressor. That dip tube, tube was broken. So I learned something. I learned why the compressor failed because it wasn't getting the oil it needed and the pistons were, were dry. They were drier than, than I'd normally see a piston. And I made the post of the pictures I took and I took my lunch break to do it. It only took me about 20 minutes, right, in total. That 20 minutes, I learned some valuable lessons going forward. But somebody on Facebook seemed to take offense to the fact that I worked for free. I tried to talk to the person. I tried to explain to them why. Okay, and they're just not getting it. So I'm going to explain to you what the value is in doing that. So it was my lunch break. It was my choice to do what I wanted to do with that time. I chose to learn, right? I didn't get paid for it. That was the concern the person had. They don't pick up tools unless they get paid, they said. Well, he, here's the thing. There is something called leverage. When you're working, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there's something called leverage. There's leverage in life, leverage in, in business. I'm gonna give you an example of what leverage is. Let's say, for instance, I'll use me because I took the compressor apart. Let's say myself and another technician were standing in front of the owner of a company. Okay, we both had the exact same amount of years in service. I have taken half an hour here, half an hour there, 15 minutes there, an hour there, whatever, of my own time through the years to educate myself, better myself gather more skills, gather more knowledge. The guy beside me had this attitude where he's not going to do that stuff unless the shop is paying him. So he doesn't have that. He hasn't acquired that knowledge because he's been stubborn about it. But the boss only has enough money to give one of us a raise. Who is he giving the raise to? The person with the leverage is who he's giving the raise to. I can now back up my claim of this and that and the knowledge I've gained over the person standing beside me. And maybe let's say I spent over the last five years, let's say I spent 40 hours of my time over five years accumulating that knowledge. Well, let's say I get a three or $4 raise. The payback on that is fabulous, is it not? Right, you're gonna pay that back in no time. So 
there's leverage and upfront time that it takes you to do something here and there, the back end payout is a lot more lucrative okay, if you play your cards right. And that, that's kind of the lesson that I wanted to, to bring forward to you guys. And that's what I was trying to explain to this gentleman on Facebook who didn't seem to get it and was thinking small potatoes. And I was trying to tell him hey, there's big picture here. There's leverage, there's recouping. Think big, not small. Anyway, guys, on to the podcast. We have a great guest. We have Dr. Thomas Mormon on, on the podcast. Now, he's the provost at the Perfect Technician Academy there in Texas. And what they do is they take regular human beings that don't have the skills of HVAC and give them the base knowledge. They teach them the base knowledge. They do like a, a six-week course that is very intense and I commend them because they work with a lot of veterans coming out of the military that need to um, get these skills in order to provide for their families. They work, th- they work with a lot of veterans. And we're going to get into the discussion of how their course works, how their curric- curriculum goes, how they place technicians afterwards. And we're going to have a real good discussion about training. And we're going to talk about one thing that I think is really important is when you go for an interview with a company that you need to interview the company. They're gonna interview you, but you need to interview them as well. And we're gonna have a a little discussion about that. And Thomas is gonna share his opinion, Dr. Thomas Mormon, I should say, right? And I'm gonna share my opinion. And Thomas is gonna get into what kind of doctor he is and talk a little bit about himself as well in the beginning of the podcast. So let's get to it now. This is the HVAC Know It All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. How are you tonight, Thomas? I'm doing very well, Gary. How are you this evening? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm actually I've been really busy lately, and I'm still in my work uniform at eight. Uh, what time is it? Eight twenty-four p.m. <laughs> so uh, it's just been it's just been one of those days. Usually, I like to come home and eat dinner and have a shower right after, but I just haven't had time. So it was it's yeah. been a crazy couple of weeks. The weather's been really hot and humid, and we've we've been going nuts a little bit. So how, how are you? Yeah, it's good to be busy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's good to be busy and make some money than sit at home and not make money. That's right. <laughs> I think. That's right. Yeah, we love right. the summer in the air conditioning business. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. And um in the winter too. If you have cold winters, you keep busy. It's just it just really sucks working in, in that weather. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So let's let's get into what you do a little bit. Um so I got to ask you, because in, in the intro, we, we introduced you as Dr. Thomas Mormon. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about that. What, what sort of doctor are you? Absolutely. So uh, uh, I did my undergraduate in psychology. My master's degree was in educational psychology. And then I did a doctoral degree focused on higher education. So uh, it's an education doctoral degree, but the focus was on higher education administration and policy and functions of uh, higher education. And so that's really been my background. I worked 28 years for the state of Texas in the higher education system. Uh, Primarily 25 years of that, I worked in medical education at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. And so uh, 
I recently retired from the state of Texas, and I happen to have some good friends, ops, and family who have both an air conditioning company. And because of the lack of trained technicians or the ability to bring in some quality technicians, uh, they started a school about five years ago to really develop technicians for their business. But it's just grown from there, and we're developing technicians for uh, AC comp- H- HVAC companies all over the United States at the moment. So. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a good process to kind of develop. And as they were starting this, they, they came to me and said, you know, Thomas, you have this background with accreditation, with policy and law and higher ed. Can you help us get this thing moving forward in a more positive direction? And so that's kind of how I came about and joined the school. Uh, you know, my background's always been working in the college university level and then moving into a trade school. It's a very different animal. But one of the things when I talked to the Hobsons, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the right way. I don't like the traditional trade school model of enrolling as many students as you can, graduating 60%, and then maybe placing 60% of those you graduate. I said, if we're going to do this right, we're going to, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to focus on bringing in quality students, quality, start with someone that really wants to be in the industry. And then uh, let's make sure that everybody that comes in, we can work with them so that they can complete the program. And everybody who completes the program, let's make sure they're able to be placed in the industry because we don't want to just do a service to the student. We want to be a school who's serving the industry. And that's one of the differentiators, I think, for us is we're really focused on the quality of the student and the quality of that product that we're putting out. Yeah, so that that that's that, I, I love hearing you say that uh, because it's just like, well, here um, we complain about our kids going to school and the class sizes being too big and not enough teachers and there's not enough support and attention. Um, so so the kids sometimes kind of get lost in the mix. Um, but before we go on, we should get get to your title, like what what you do at the school and what your school is called and where it is and and stuff like that. Absolutely. So I'm the provost and school director for the Perfect Technician Academy. The academy is located in Weatherford, Texas, which is about 30 miles from downtown Fort Worth, uh, just right outside where the DFW Airport is. We're just west of DFW Airport. Um, it's a nice small community. We you know, uh, we operate out of a, a, a warehouse, but in that warehouse, we've set up a lab that I put up against any air conditioning lab at any school across the country. We have 74 pieces of equipment in there for students to work on. And our largest class size is 14 students. Uh, We we try to keep our classes between 10 and 14 students because we feel that's the safety for the students and for the environment that they're in. We want to make sure that every time they go in the lab, they're going to get a hands-on experience. So that's something else that we try to make sure we do. We're not trying to enroll the masses, trying to enroll the quality group of students. Cool. So I I did ask you before we started recording, and I'll ask you again. So, what level of technician are you guys training? Are you taking are you taking young kids or even older grown ups that haven't um, got into the skilled trades and teaching them from scratch? Are you taking mid level um, techs out of companies and giving them some training? Like how how does the program work? So actually, uh, it varies quite a bit. But in Texas, we don't have an apprenticeship program. So, okay. uh, you know, we bring in people from all ages. They have to be at least 18 years of age and they have to have a high school diploma. We are a workforce development program that's uh, approved by the Texas Workforce Commission. And so that's part of our process is we're here to get people into the workforce. That, that's the primary goal. 
Uh, and so we'll take that 18 year old that's coming right out of high school, or we'll take uh, that uh, Marine that served for five, 10 years and is coming out of the Marines and uh, is looking to transition into a career. Uh, probably 70% of our students are actually veterans that are coming out of the military or have been out of the military for one or two years and are trying to retrain themselves for a new career that uh, can provide for themselves and their families. Um, so the ages vary. Like the class that started, uh, we have a class that started this Monday. Uh, I have three 18-year-olds in there. I have uh, nine guys that are probably between 27 and 32. And I have uh, a couple guys that are over 40. Um, and the reality, it'll be a mix. Some of those guys are coming from air conditioning companies that have been sent to us by the contractor for training and additional training to grow their skills. Um, some are brand new to the field. And then some are these uh, military guys, say one of these army guys from uh, Fort, uh, Fort Bliss and uh, you does Patriot missile systems. You know, that's what they grew up doing in the military. They're doing these Patriot missile systems and they saying, you know, I don't really want to go to college. I joined the army because I never intended to go to college. And now that I'm getting out, I don't know any community that needs a Patriot missile system. So when you sit down and start talking to them, what, what's in a Patriot missile system? Uh, you know, there's a cooling system. There's a radar system. There's electrical circuits. And you say, you know, if you can work on that technology, I promise you we can teach you how to fix a home air conditioning system. Yeah, I would, I would say so. <laughs> I, I would definitely say so. Cause I've, I have worked in um, a facility before in the past where they actually, they, they built a whole bunch of, I, I don't know if it was missiles, but they, they built, I th think they built guiding systems and sensors for planes and stuff like that. And you see the, the technical skill and, and knowledge that goes into these and the amount of equipment that you need to learn how to use to, to uh, test these things, to build them, and 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 to figure them all out. So I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. If they can figure stuff like that out on that high end of technology, then putting in a, a residential AC would would be um, would be very. It wouldn't be easy, but it would be very. Um, it wouldn't be hard for them to learn how to do that. Right, to transition their skills, and that's the key. And that's yeah. what we're trying to yeah. we're trying to help these military guys who are coming out of the military. And they're kind of lost because they don't know how to transition the terminology or the skills into the civilian sector. And so we're helping to bridge that gap for those that have those technical skills to bring them into the HVAC industry. And they've been very successful, especially you know, a lot of these guys coming out. They have some great interpersonal skills. They're very respectful. So they work well with customers. They build the rapport very quickly. They know how to wear a uniform. They know how to keep uh, their tools clean and their van clean. and uh, you know, that they respect the job site, so they leave it clean. Uh, you know, they're, they're used to that military model. That's the other piece with the school is uh, the training program that we set up is a six-week program, and it's really geared after the military model of training. So it's very high intensity, six weeks, six days a week, eight hours every day, two hours of homework every night. There's really no rest for the weary. Uh, they get Sunday off, but that's it. The rest of the time, they're really busy going through learning the technical skills, doing the things they need to do to be successful in the industry. And the person who actually developed our curriculum uh, is a Marine. I mean, he came out of the Marines and uh, that's the way he thinks. And that's how he developed this model. So he's also, he's a master, uh, master electrician, as well as uh, worked in HVAC for 20 years. So, you know, he really knows what he's doing and, and put together an excellent curriculum. 
that was going to be the next question I had is, is, um, how is, how is your curriculum set up? So if, if it's six weeks, I mean, that's, that's not a lot of time. And you said it, it's, it's high intensity, which, which I, I would figure it would need to be because you're crunching all that information in, in, in a six week program. So like, take us through sort of week by week, how you learn and how you progress in the course. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's, there's different aspects that you're going to do everything from, uh, you know, you would start out with some basic concept information about airflow and, and understanding that concept is very important. Even though many of these guys, when they become technicians, they're not going to be doing a lot of airflow calculations as that technician, but it's important for them to understand so that they can diagnose units, they can diagnose a problem, may not be the unit at all. If, uh, you know, the return air vents not big enough for the unit and for the space that you're trying to cool all the different pieces, they need to understand the airflow piece. So we start with that. Uh, They'll get into uh, electrical, then refrigeration, gas, heat pump. Uh, They'll move through all the way to the end. The last week, they're doing a lot of customers relationship and understanding all those pieces of the puzzle is, uh, you know, we actually have them do simulations where they film themselves knocking on a customer door and going through the whole process of introducing themselves and entering the house. Uh, you know, I think all those things are important pieces of that puzzle because, uh, as you know, uh, the repair service technician, when they walk in that house, not only do they have to be technically savvy and know what they're doing, they also are a salesperson in many respects. Is They're there to, to facilitate that relationship with the customer. And if there's something that you need to do, you have to be comfortable with asking a customer for money. And that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to step over is that, that you know, that sale piece, the sales piece. So we walk through those scenarios and we talk about the challenges and, and how to do it in an ethical way with integrity and, and not compromise any kind of part of the process or the company you're working for. So, you know, those are very important things to us is we want to make sure that people respect the industry. And so to do that, we've got to teach people how to do things with integrity. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and it's, yeah, technicians that, that know how to fix things also need to be able to relay the fact that something needs to be done about a specific problem and yeah, it's going to cost money. Right. Um, right. I, I, so, so, so it, it, so it is a good skill to have to, to relay the information and, and the options that the customer has and each one is going to cost this and I'll educate you on each option and tell you why I think this, this one is better and how much this one costs. Yeah. There, there's a lot that goes into that. And right. And if you're if you're very unconfident about what how you're explaining things, and the customer might just be like, "Yeah, it's, don't don't worry about it. Just we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out on our own." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So and so there has to be a level of confidence there. Absolutely, the level of confidence, and we want to prepare them for some of the difficult questions they're going to receive. For example, you know, uh, a capacitor's gone out, and you have to tell someone, "Okay, I need to replace the capacitor. It's going to be about four hundred dollars to replace the capacitor, whatever." And uh, the customer goes online, they look it up and say, well, capacitor only costs 40 bucks, whatever. Why are you charging me you know, $400 to repair it? And so you've got to help them understand these are some of the questions to expect and then how you address some of those questions. And we walk them through those process, you know, uh, from the advertising standpoint, the knowledge base that it takes to get there. We know that for a van to show up at someone's house, it costs the company about $250. And so you have to take all those pieces into consideration and once they understand that, that helps them build the confidence about making that ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent it does. And I was going to ask you because a lot of tech, you brought up something that a lot of technicians 
um, that do residential get into this boat because because all customers now they're negotiators and the online world has made it easy for them to do that because they can compare pricing um, very very quickly on on many different things. So how do you how do you help them approach that the technician when the customer says yeah why are you charging me uh, $400 for a $40 part? Like, how do you help them um, yeah. communicate it's, with it's the really customer? It's really going through the economics. Yeah, it's going through the economics of the whole process so they understand the advertising costs, everything else that goes into it all. Now, when they talk to a customer, you're not going to start going into advertising costs and all those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, we're here, we have a guarantee, we're going to warranty this if anything goes wrong. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that go into it is, you know, you may hook this capacitor up or go buy one online and put it in and it goes out again in a week and you're how many capacitors are you going to buy before you're going to be done. The reality is, is, you know, when we go and diagnose something and we make that repair, we're also warranting some of the work that we do. And there's a cost to that as well. And so it's walking them through that whole understanding of the whole process so that, uh, you know, they feel that, that confidence, like you said, is an essential piece. You have to be confident about what I'm offering and what I'm offering has great value to you as a customer. And I need to be able to express that, that, you know, what I'm doing is of value and we're here to do something for you, not to you. And that's the piece that people get confused sometimes is we're Mm -hmm. here to do something for that customer because we want you to have a quality experience because we want you to call us again the next time. You know, that's really the key is we want to keep that customer forever. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, that compressor I tore apart, well, it ripped apart or put a, it didn't rip apart, but it put a crack in the discharge line right at the flare. And that was my nice little bend that I had made a couple weeks ago that I was all proud of. Well, I had to redo that whole piece of pipe and I pulled out the battery powered flaring tool by Navac. And I'm telling you, it's, it's so impressive how easy it is to make a flare and make it perfect with that thing. I understand that it, it is costly for some technicians, but I'm telling you right now, if you do flares on the regular, this is a tool that will help you in your job. Maybe push your boss to buy one for the, for the shop or a couple, or if, if you have some extra dough and you're looking to offload on some tools, trust me, this one's a keeper. And when you get the kit, you will know why once it arrives and once you start playing with it. <clears throat> the summer's here. There's a lot of leak checking going on and I toot the horn of the Testo 316-3 all the time because for the price point, I guarantee you it's the best leak detector on the market. It doesn't have a an LCD screen, okay, but it finds a leak. And that's that's the, the whole point of a leak detector is to find the leak. Alright, once you found the leak, what I do is I use soap. And not all soaps are made equal. I hear people saying that they use the kids' bubbles from Walmart, but I'm telling you right now, soaps are not made equal, and that's why we had the, the podcast with John Pastorello a while back to talk about the surface tension of a bubble. And Big Blue, he has perfected the surface tension of the bubble. I mean, the bubbles that come out of Big Blue are massive. They're huge, and they're strong bubbles. They're not little weak tiny little baby bubbles and also too they find the little micro leaks because of that bubble surface tension the bubbles are allowed to break through the other bubbles to allow you to pinpoint a leak faster 
okay? So that's why Big Blue is a superior leak soap, okay? Because of the science that's that's behind it. Um, I've been talking about company cam, guys. Again, GPS, GPS photos, right? As soon as you take them, it tags the location of the photo within the project. You can write annotations, you can scribble on the photos, notes, and they all end up in one place for anybody within your company to see. I was actually doing something the other day and, and I thought a company cam after I was done. And this would have been a great example of where to use it. So there's a bunch of units on this one roof. The, the office is vacant and they're gonna be replacing a bunch of them. Now, I could have taken a picture of all these nameplates and wrote notes on all of them, the voltages, um, other pictures of the unit and the way they're configured, where the gas pipe goes in, where the, where the electrical goes in and all that kind of stuff. And I could have put it in a project and I could have allowed my, my install manager to see that project and he could have seen it all without me having to create an email and, or, or text and, and send all these pictures to him. It would have been all there already as soon as I snapped the picture. They would have just ended up in there. And, and I thought that was a great example of where company cam could be used because he needs all that information to start replacing these units because they're, they've been off for a very long time. The company that we're doing the work for, they're moving out of the building. They have to bring everything back up to par for the building owner. And this is part of that process. So anyway, I thought company cam would be used there. In, in the, uh, the podcast notes there, there is a link to a free trial of company cam so you guys can check that out. Danfoss has released their Ref Tools app. Basically, it used to be called the Refrigerant Slider app, but now it's five apps in one. If you guys haven't downloaded it, it's free and it's got a bunch of tools on there. It's awesome, right? The Refrigerant Slider is is the best PT chart you're going to have on your phone. It's it's phenomenal. Okay? And and if you just have that, it's worth it. But all the other tools on top of it are gonna make that app much more better. The other app that's a must-have is the Blue On, the Blue On app. I've screenshotted and talked about the app on social media many, many times. Recently, I posted a little video of of the TDX20 going through the system and how the five constituents boil off at different stages, and it's a little cool animation, but. Their app has a bunch of videos. It's got a toolbox with information. It has a bunch of, or not a bunch, but over 20,000 unit manuals on there. And, and that's, a, that's a must just for that. So what, what's gonna happen is when you sign up, you're gonna have to do a little accreditation process, a level one accreditation. And then you'll get a call from one of their reps or techs just to go over some stuff and say, hi, how you doing? Welcome to Blue On. And that's it guys. Um, True Tech Tools, as always, save 8% with promo code KNOWITALL. All right. Um, Navac stuff, Testo stuff, anything but Fluke and FLIR. Anyway, guys, let's get back to Dr. Thomas Mormon. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. You, you want to you wanna maintain the customer base. That, that you have because you don't want to lose customers. And, and it, I think it's important that technicians, when, when they're dealing with a customer like that, they need to keep in mind that, hey, listen, I have spent a lot of my time learning this trade and um, learning this skill and learning how to safely use a meter to check, check a capacitor to make sure it's gone in the first place right. and know, know what to replace it with, know where to get it. 
Like this is knowledge and it takes time to acquire knowledge and skill. And everybody's time is worth something, right? Everybody's time Absolutely. is worth something, right? And and I mean, it, it'd be hard to relay that to a customer without sounding like you're full of yourself. Like I, I know this, I know. So I think I think you need to be careful there too. But a technician needs to really know um, that they they're providing value and the time they've put into providing that value costs something because time. I mean, we don't have a lot of time in this world, right? Time goes by very, very quickly. And your time means something, right? It's got to mean something. Yeah, yeah. Your time, your expertise, they are of value to the customer. And don't don't take that for granted. That's that's a very strong message. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like as far as after the course is done, like how do you guys go about placing um, or, or, or helping to place the technicians at actual companies after they're finished the program. Sure, absolutely. So many times we'll start that placement process before they even come to the campus. So it just depends. Like for some of the military guys that are transitioning out, uh, they they may not have a transition date that's three, four months out. So they're going to come to school when they get out. So we have a date planned three months out. Uh, We'll ask them, where do you want to live in the United States? So they may tell me like Las Vegas or Phoenix or, you know, L.A., whatever, wherever it is they want to live. And, uh, you know, we have a database of contractors that we work with. We have some large groups that we work with. And uh, so we'll contact those contractors in that area, try to set up an interview or ride along if we can, even before they come to school, if that's possible. If not, what we'll do is once they get to school, the fir- one of the first forms they fill out during the first day of classes uh, is a form where it tells us where do you want to live when you finish the program? And we'll get those uh, cities and states down. And they rank them and then we'll try to set them up with interviews while they're still in school with people at those different locations. So we'll try to get that facilitated. Now, they don't have a lot of time during the day, but they do have a lunch break and they do have some time in the evening. And as you know, uh, HVAC companies, that when the recruiters, uh, when they need people, they're going to be there whenever they need people to try to find them and hire them. So uh, they, they'll make the time to talk to our students, especially the ones that have hired a few already and they get to know that, hey, these guys have turned out to be pretty good for us. And so they want to continue to you know, bring more of them in. So uh, you know, we try to set them up, match them up with these companies uh, during the time that they're here. So by the time they leave, uh, hopefully about 80 percent of them already have jobs. And then the last few will get them jobs within the first 30 days of being out of school. But we'll continue working with them, even if a student, uh, you know, they're in a job and say six months later, decide they're going to they want a different job or they're moving somewhere else, they can call the school and our career office will help them try to find a job where they want to be also. So we're, we're going to continue to work with our students throughout their career if they need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's good that you start that process uh, long before they, they finish the course and then it just kind of gets a jump on it. But for, for a little bit of fun here, just out of curiosity, what, if you know the answer to this, what is the the place where the, these technicians want to go the most when they write down their first choice of state or city <laughs> or wherever, where, where, where do they want to end up? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that it's, it's very diverse because only 25% of our students are from the state of Texas. So the vast majority of our students are coming from out of state to us. And most of them want to go back to either their hometown or their spouse's hometown. So mm-hmm. it, it varies quite a bit. I, I get a lot of people going to Indiana, a lot of people going to South Carolina, North Carolina. And then uh, we have the Atlanta area. We have a strong relationship with several companies in the Atlanta area. So we have an easy time placing people there. 
Las Vegas, LA, Phoenix. We also have very strong relationships there. Uh, a lot of the military guys, if they're from Texas, they like to stay around Fort Hood or San Antonio. So we have some great connections in those areas as well. Uh, but as we've been going through this, uh, you know, we've developed some strong partnerships with different contractors around the state of Texas and around the country that when I, if I have a student who wants to go to Indiana, there, there's two contractors that I'll call first and then we'll go from there. I'll always give them the first dibs because they're, they're going to, they, they hire a lot of our students and, you know, they, they work out really well there. The students like working for them. And so that's also a good match for us. We, we want people to go someplace and stay for a long time if at all possible. Yeah, the longevity in a, in a company, I think. There, there's people out there that think that you should jump around from company to company to kind of learn what you like and take bits and pieces and say, yeah, I like this, I like that, I like this. And then find what you're looking for in, in your company that you're going to stay with for a while. Try to find all those bits and pieces that you like in that one company. And then there's people that think that, hey, you just if you land somewhere and you're happy, you just you just stick there and and you and you continue to grow there. It, I think it really depends on the person. Yeah, it depends on the person, and you know you got to find the right culture for you. And so that's what we try to do from the very beginning as well. Is we, we kind of counsel them when you go to interview or you go to do a ride along, uh, focus on the values. What are your values, and what do you see the values of this company? Where where do they stand? And try to try to find matches. And if you if your values match, you're going to enjoy working for them. So that to us, that's one of the best things you can do. Yeah, va- values are huge. Um, money, money is a big. Yeah, money is <laughs> important. Big, a, 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 a big one. I, I say money um, in this industry. You're going to make money, and there's lots of there's all kinds of different payment models. I mean, uh, some of the military guys really like to have a salary, so they they want to find something that's you know hourly wage. But I tell them, I count them all the time. I said, you know, uh, when you do. Uh, uh, piece rate and other things. The reality is you can make a whole lot more money, especially when you have a strong work ethic. And so in this industry, the reality is the money is there to be made. It's just how far are you willing to work and how many hours are you willing to put in? And if you're willing to do the work and you're going to put in the hours uh, and you're thorough and you, you, know, you do a good job when you're there so you don't have to be called back to jobs, you're going to do well. Yeah, you are. If, if you take pride in your work if you take um, passion in your work and and I know a lot of people out there they're I've had this conversation actually just recently about a compressor change that I did it was just a meme just just to have some fun it was like um, when you have eight hours to do the compressor and you're charging it up at noon um, basically is is I'm gonna milk you it was just it was just it was a funny meme any anyway and then people are jumping on saying wow eight hours to do a compressor I get three and I'm in commercial, so usually if, if it's just a standard compressor, let's say a five-ton rooftop unit, let's just, for example, it's like one guy a day and then a helper for half a day to help you rope all your stuff up up the side of the building or yeah. get it to the roof in the first place. And then when you got the job under control and you're in a vacuum, the guy helps you lower the stuff down, most of it anyway, that you don't need anymore. And then he takes off and then you just kind of finish the rest on your own. Right. But people were saying they had three hours to do a compressor, like residential. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's not a lot of time. You really got to rush and grind through that and, and put the pedal to the metal. And I find that when you're rushing through stuff, that's when you, you make the mistakes. So right. that, that, that is one of the things in a company that people should look for is ownership, management, whatever, that 
allows you to not not overdo it, but within reason allows you to do a good job, a proper job, and gives you the time to do that job. Absolutely. And, and the thing with Catholic too is you want to make sure not only when you finish that job, you don't rush and leave the job, you clean up everything before you leave so it looks better than it did before you got there. I mean, you you clean everything up and, and you know, you, those are very important pieces of that customer satisfaction down the road. And, and even sometimes, you know, the customer may never see that inside panel, but you know it's going to operate better. It's going to be better for them. Uh, there, there's so many pieces of that puzzle that we want people to do it the right way the first time. And, and you know, it's just it's just an important part of the teaching for us is that the whole integrity of the process and doing quality work. Yeah, it's very satisfying to to, to open up a cabinet and seed a bunch of spaghetti wires and then zip tie them all nice and neat and and clean that cabinet out of any debris and and then when you put that panel back on you're like wow that looks so nice yeah and (laughs) And then you 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 drive home and you feel like you did a good job like you feel worthy of 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 the of what you're getting paid yeah well one of our partners that we work with i don't know if you want to get allowed in las vegas but one of the things they do is they take red screws on the job and so when they open a unit or something and it's missing screws, or they take a panel off and some of the panel screws are missing, they replace it with a red screw. So people know that they've been there and they put, you know, they, they did it right. They cleaned up what someone else left and didn't finish right and they fix it. And so anytime you see a red screw in a unit in Las Vegas, you know, hey, Gettle's been out here and they fixed it the right way. And that's one of the things they use as a message to kind of let people know that, hey, we're going to do quality work and we're going to leave it better than we found it. It's funny you say that because Ken Goodrich was on my podcast a couple of months ago. Well, he and, was spoken at one yeah, of our graduations, so he's, he's yeah. hires people from us quite a, quite often. Yeah, and, and he Good told man. me that he told me they had their own screws that they did that with. Yeah. So that, that yeah that 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 is actually. That's actually very smart. That's that's good. That's fantastic marketing, by the way. Um, Absolutely. He, yeah, you you walk by a unit, you drive by a unit, you see a bunch of red screws. Um, you know that panel's fastened on properly, and you know whose screws they are. That's right. Um, that that yeah, that that is fantastic marketing. So anybody out there that's listening, maybe maybe you should take up on uh, <laughs> on what Ken's doing over there. But yeah, he, he was on the podcast, and, and he explained that, and he explained some of the, the other things they they do that's a little bit different than other companies. And and I think that when you're in search of a company, like you said, values. Um, we said money, the time, the time to do a job properly, are they going to provide you the necessary tools to do your job? Because that, that, that's a big one, because I know there's some companies out there that provide nothing, uh, for their technicians. There's some companies out there that will provide the the basic necessities, like a vacuum pump, a recovery machine, a set of torches or something like that. And then the rest is on you. Um, so, so that, that's very important too, because the tools in this trade, they're not cheap. They, they cost no, a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, no, they, they can be just start out in a van by yourself. Uh, you can spend as little as two, but really, if you want quality tools, you're going to spend probably about $5,000 on the tools to operate a van on your own. Yeah. Yeah. A recovery machine alone or in a vacuum pump will get, get you up to two grand right there. Right. Pretty so, quick, yeah. um, yeah, or, or, or even more depending on the size and the brand and all that stuff. So that, that, that is something to look for as well Is is if you can pop into a company where they, they provide you the necessary tools, um, they have a tool allowance for instance, or, or, or what some companies do. And, and this is good too, is that 
if if you buy the tool and it breaks on a job or it needs to be replaced because it's old or whatever, they'll buy you that that tool. They'll buy like say you have a leak detector, an electronic leak yeah. detector. You have it for four years and and then all it just dies. Well, some companies will be like, Yeah, okay, you bought that tool, you've used it on my job sites for four years. I'll buy you a new one and I'll even upgrade what you had to something to something better. So there, there's all there's all kinds of stuff to look for like that. That's right. And and you know, every company is going to be a little bit different. And those are all things you need to look at that. What, what's your full reimbursement package when it comes to payment and benefits? You've got to look at all those things. And so, uh, yeah, sometimes a tool allowance is great. Sometimes uh, you may get tools, uh, but get paid less. So you got to balance out what's going to be the best for you. And, you know, like I said, there's so many air conditioning companies. And uh, as you know, uh, this industry is expected to grow. It's one of the fastest growing industries, according to the uh, Department of Bureau, Labor Bureau Statistics. It's grown about 13 percent in the next 10 years. And so uh, the expectation is there's going to be a continued need for more technicians and more companies to continue to grow and emerge. So it's, it's kind of an exciting time. It is an exciting time. There's, there's lots of cool stuff. Anytime you turn your head for a minute and ignore the industry, um, you're missing out on something because it's rapidly changing. There's every, every time I, I scroll through Facebook or Instagram, I see a new piece of equipment, a new tool. Um, I'm being contacted by people that, that have new tools and want me to try out for them and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's just like a constant barrage of like, of just new stuff constantly. Yeah. So you have to stay on top of it or you're going to get lost in the dust. Yeah. And, and there, there's a lot of really cool things happening. So it's exciting. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the new technologies too, to make your home cleaner and safer that are being included with your air conditioning systems. I mean, there, there's so many new pieces that, uh, you know, it's really opening the door to a lot of other avenues for people. That, that is one thing I should ask you is when you're teaching um, at the school, the, the instructors, when they're teaching, what sort of tools are they, are they using some of the older stuff um, like gauges and, and stuff like that? Or, or, are they, or are they teaching with digital stuff or is it a combination? So we teach them how to read gauges because we think that's very important. But then there's a combination. We have a variety of different meters that they're going to learn and use. Uh, you know, it's very important that they understand the full process and uh, you never know where you're going to be and what you're going to have at your disposal. So we want them to be able to respond in all scenarios. Uh, so we do have gauges. We do. We teach them, you know, every, everything they need to do to do the static pressures, to evacuate lines, to, you know, everything they need to do to get those things done right and pressure them right and do all the things uh, so that they can provide a, a quality home experience for the the individuals who want their homes cooled so you know we want to make sure they get everything right but yeah they're they have a set of tools that we give to them to use while they're here and then we talk about you know we give them a list of each of the kind of tools we we teach them about the tools they would need what's available all that kind of stuff as well okay so you you basically give them a, a set that's theirs and then they return it at the end of um did they, re- did they return it or do they right. purchase yeah, we it from you to take on? While they're in school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Currently All that's what we do. We, we, we've talked about purchasing tool sets for them, but we'd have to raise tuition to do that. And that's not something we want to do at the moment. So uh, over time we may get to that point, but right now we want to control some of those costs. Uh, and we're trying to you know work with them through other agencies and things to get some of the tools. Uh, 
there, there's different programs that are out there, especially for some of the military, depending on what firm you're going to. Uh, there's opportunities, but that's that's I, not something that I have a whole lot of information on tonight. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's one that I wish I could remember the name. Um, and you may have already been in contact or, or looked at them already, but there was, I talked to the gentleman a couple years ago and, um, basically they put tool sets together and they do it at a reduced cost because they, they make these deals with the, the manufacturers and they work with a lot of good manufacturers in, in the industry and they put these tool sets together and then the student, the school can buy them, um, or the students buy them through the schools. That's how it right. works, right? I think, yeah. I think. And then they, they get these tool sets, like brand new tools, um, gauges. Like I, I'm pretty sure like uh, there's some digital gauge manufacturers in this list. Like Klein is in there, like for hand tools and stuff. And they buy these and, and they get them at a reduced cost to get their start off in the industry. Have you, have you looked into any of those programs? Um. We're starting to look into some of those different programs. Uh, you know, uh, the school is fairly new. And so part of our our initial steps was we want to get off the ground, get off the ground right. Uh, we've been operating now for five years. So we're getting to that point where we're looking at branching out into other things and expanding some of the services that we're offering while they're here. Uh, and so it's an exciting time. And we're going to continue to look into that and see where we go with the tools. But yeah, that, that is one of the barriers of getting in the industry is we need to make sure that they have the right tools to, to operate. And so working with the contractors to make sure they can do that, that's important. Cool. So I was going to, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about looking for companies and what you should look for in a company. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of stress for, it, it'd be harder for a younger tech to do this coming into the industry, but I think it's important to interview the company that you're applying at they're going to interview you obviously and you're probably going to be because i remember my first interview i was (laughs) i was in a cast um and my i had broke i I was like a cast on my arm and um i was wearing a big thick leather jacket and the heat was just blasting down on me and in walks in the owner and instantly i just sweat in buckets right it was it was intimidating but i i think that we also need to interview the companies we're going to work for. Um, ask, ask to check out their shop, like look around their shop. Um, what kind of vans you guys drive in? Like how, how does, how does on call work? How does, how do you dispatch? What kind of dispatching software do you use? Like just stuff like that. You, you, you need to know this stuff because you could walk into a company, not ask these questions and go, Oh wait a minute! I got to go on call every three weeks for a week. I nobody told me that. Well, you didn't ask, yeah. <laughs> so you got to make yeah. sure that you ask questions, right? You got to ask questions to the company that you're about to work for, and and if you're young and you're coming in, do it strategically so you don't sound like you're being you're being um, I don't I, I don't know above yourself at that point. But right. even for 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 a senior technician that's been in the game for a long time, I mean by all means, walk in, sit down, say, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I can do for you. Now, what can you do for me? I, th- I think that as, as we, as we grow as technicians and we were talking about that value, we start providing the value. We interview those people just as well as they're interviewing us. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And I would say that, uh, you know, one of the things we strongly encourage our students, if at all possible is, Go to the location and ask to do a ride along with one of their technicians. 
because you'll learn a lot about the company by doing a ride along for a day, understand how the schedule works. You know, you're walking through everything with them, kind of working as a, a helper, basically, and just going on site with them and doing those things. You'll learn a lot about that company and if it's a good fit for you or not. So we try to encourage people to ask to do a ride along, spend a day with one of the technicians for that company. And I think that'll give you a really good feel because you need to interview them as well as they're interviewing you. If you if you know that fits very important for the longevity and for finding a place that's going to be the right place for you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what you're doing is great and just taking people that don't have a skill and teaching them, giving them the base of, of that skill, because that's really what you're doing. And that's the most important part of, is going to be the most important part of their career is the the base, the fundamentals. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before or not, but I take my kids to jujitsu and every single time they're about to perform an action or, or, um, they, 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 they get into a match. It's always, where's your base stance, right? Your, it starts with your base because if you don't have a strong base, you don't have anything. So what you're doing is teaching them the base and hopefully they go on and, and really take the secondary education and don't stop learning, pick up books, Absolutely. do what, do, you should do, never do, stop do, learning. That, 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 that's right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's always right. Keep so challenging yourself, always keep learning. Uh, you know, that's talking about the base. I think that's one of the important things for us too, is uh, that's one of the reasons we focus on doing a six week program. And some people say, well, that's crazy. It's a lot of stuff to learn in six weeks because we take everything that you might learn about HVAC at a community college over a year, 18 months. And we put it into six weeks. And uh, the reality is our feeling is in that six weeks, you're less likely to forget the basics and the things and you're going to start applying it right away. So then it's going to you know, solidify in your memory and, and you know, you're going to recall it a little easier. If you, you know go to a 12 month program, by the time you finish month 12, saying, what did I do in month one, two and three? And you, you've got to keep that. That's got to be a constant part of the process. If you forget the basics, you're going to struggle. So we've got to, you know, we've got to drive that home and we've got to have you doing it and applying it right away. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and that, that does make sense what you said about, um, cause, cause I did a two year course uh, at a trade school and it was, it was like when I got into the field, <laughs> it was like trying to, cause we did a lot of calculations and formulas and there, there to me there wasn't enough hands-on there, there was hands-on and there was basic principles like refrigeration and electrical right. and stuff but we did we did a lot of like we did load calculations and stuff like that and we spent a lot right. of time on stuff like that and and i've never done a load calculation since i've left school <laughs> right. um, i've never i've never done one and if you asked me how to do one right now i'd be like I don't know. <laughs> is there is there an app for that? <laughs> um, that's and, and, and someone ought to develop that. That's that's absolutely true. But there's so many factors that go into it that you know makes it a little challenging. From exterior walls to insulated walls to non-insulated walls to uh, mm-hmm. you know so many pieces of that puzzle. But uh, the reality is that it's important to know that initially because other things stem from that. And so you don't even if you don't apply that, you're doing other things the right way because had that knowledge to start out and, and you know that's just an important piece going on if something's not right you can go back to that and say hey i may not remember how to do that but this sounds like it's an airflow problem not not a air conditioning unit problem i mean it's not the size of the unit isn't going to change the problem it's the size of the return air vent is what's causing your problem 
you know, mm-hmm. or the positioning of the, the vents in the house. I mean, it, it, there's there's other pieces that can cause problems that people don't understand. And if you don't understand airflow, you're going to miss those. So, but yeah. Yeah, air, airflow. I we I, I did a little mini podcast a couple of weeks ago, and 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 airflow was something like after you verify power. Um, for me, it's like, do I have proper power? Primary power? Do I have proper secondary power? Yes, I got both of those. Okay, before I I bang on that compressor or turn on the heat, airflow. That's next. Do I have it? Is it is it right? Is it going in the right direction? Is my filter plugged? Like. We, we have to define the airflow por- portion before we can run a compressor or, or run a heating cycle. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah, so, uh, you know, I think uh, overall, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything we can to give them the best education in a short amount of time. And, and that short amount of time, one of the factors for us too, is we want to get them into the workforce as soon as possible. And that's for them. That's, that's, the industry. I mean, there's so many benefits and, uh, no, I know you went to a two-year program and I'm sure it was great for you at the time. And I know a lot of people that have, I mean, some of our instructors did the same thing, but we created this model for, uh, the primary reason is these military guys that are coming out and, uh, they're, they're trying to transition and they're struggling to take care of their family. The sooner we can get them into the workforce, we're doing them a favor. We're doing their family a favor. We're doing their extended family a favor. We're doing the community they live in a favor. We're doing the United States a favor by getting these guys out there working and gainfully employed. And so that time makes a huge difference. And here's how I talk to some people, like some of the 18-year-olds are saying, well, you know, I, my parents want me to go to college, but I don't really want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do. And I said, well, you know, going to college is great. Coming to technical school is great. But whatever you do, you need to have a plan. And this is why. Because when you decide to go to college, you're going to invest four years in an education. That's four years where you have no earning going on or minimal earning, depending on, you know, you may take a part time job or something else. But the reality is you're not earning that strong income. And the average debt that people are coming out with, you know, thirty to one hundred thousand dollars of debt after those four years. And so you say we do a six week program. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics tell us that the average technician is making about $47,800 a year, something in that range. And if that if they're just making that median salary, then uh, in four years, they've already had $200,000 of earning over someone who went to college. And guess what? The average college graduate, the earning potential is about $47,000. Uh, so I kind of laugh at that. I said, the reality is, is that you got to have a plan about what you're going to do because, uh, you're going to come out in debt while these other guys have already made $200,000 during that same time and are way ahead of you economically. And so, uh, you know, that's a factor to think about as well when someone's considering, should I go into the trades or should I go to college? If you're not sure what your plan is about going to college, you ought to think about going into the trades. Uh, and I was interviewing one of our former students who came when he was 18. He's 20 now. And he works HVAC all summer for a company, saves his money. And he pays for his fall and spring tuition and living expenses while he's in college for those 10 months that are, you know, nine months out of the year while he's in school. And the three months during the summer, he's working full time. And he said, you know, he has no debt or anything at the moment. And, you know, that's a plan that's working for him. And the reality is, you know, the trades, they're an essential service, as we've learned through everything that's happened recently. And they're not going away. And you're always going to have an opportunity for employment in the trades. Uh, whether it's air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, I, I highly recommend 
look at all those options before you make a decision. And whatever you do, have a plan of how you're going to use these things to benefit your life. Well, that that is uh, that's a great way to uh, to cap this off is is have a plan because if you don't have a plan, um, you could be stuck with your finger up your butt. Yeah, you're <laughs> nobody, just spinning your wheels, you know. Yeah, nobody wants to. Stuck nobody in the wants. mud and you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, okay. So th- that's that's it, man. That's that's that that was um, that was great information. So if there's anybody out there that's listening that's not already not already in the trades, working and stuff like that, and they want to get trained, how how do they get a hold of you guys. So if they want to get a hold of the Perfect Technician Academy, they can go to our website, perfecttechnicianacademy.com. Uh, all the information is there. There's downloadable brochures, there's calendar. I would also just, uh, you can Google us and go to our YouTube channel. And we have all kinds of videos out there, former student testimonies, other things like that. So I recommend either going on YouTube and just uh, looking up Perfect Technician Academy or just go perfecttechnicianacademy.com. We'd love to talk to you. Thomas, thank you very much. I appreciate your time tonight. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Gary. All right, that's a wrap, guys. That's another podcast in the books. Dr. Thomas Mormon, thank you for your time. As always, I love these discussions, just organically flowing. And hey, when you listen to this, I might be on holiday. Actually, I will be on holiday because the minute I press send or the minute I, <laughs> the minute I press publish on this podcast, I'm on holiday for a week. Don't worry, I'll have another podcast next week because I pre-recorded it already. The interview's done, pre-recorded. I will have that for you guys next week. And that's going to be a good one too. We're going to talk about something that we've never talked about on the podcast before. And it's going to be educational. And it's going to be a lot of fun as well. So anyway, Dr. Thomas Mormon, thank you very much for your time. Guys, if you are in the Texas area or you're interested in the Perfect Technician Academy, you know where to go. He's given you the information. But I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.